A lot going on in Ninerland as the season gets very, very close and the final roster is set. Waiver claims. We've got practice squad nearly full as well. And a report about Nick Bosa, Shanahan's thoughts on all of it coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers. Daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets Guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Okay, uh, there's a ton going on right now, Croc. we got to start, though, with uh, a really interesting, um, a little bit combative conversation uh, at the podium with Kyle Shanahan and Matt Mayoko. And it was a line of questioning after sort of the roster stuff. And, you know, he said everything you would expect about the roster and the cuts and hard decisions and all that. We'll get into those decisions and who was claimed off waivers. Who's making it back to the 49ers practice squad? You can go back to yesterday's show if you want to hear our thoughts on the actual cutdowns. And uh, the the conversation turned to the comments from Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, the weirdness that Jimmy Garoppolo spoke of with the 49ers quarterback position over the last few years and really ever since 2017, since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over. So this was the uh, the audio from Kyle Shanahan's press conference speaking on those quarterbacks. You know, Jimmy, the comments are the comments. I'm really not concerned about his comments. Any relief? Do you sense that this kind of era of lots of changing is over? Um, I mean, the era of changing is, you know, when we got here, we we waited 10 weeks, made a trade for a quarterback, played five games, and then we made him the highest paid quarterback of all time at the time. Um, then he played two of the next five years and did really good in those two years. It's his injuries for three of those five years were legit. It was rough on him, rough on us. Um, and then we made a move to go to a younger quarterback. And that's what we did. Um, we thought he'd be ready in two years and he wasn't. And now we have a different younger quarterback. So that's the situation. Speaking of, I mean, Jimmy did say, you know, it's been a weird situation over there. Obviously, it's not the way you drew it up. But can you acknowledge it? Yeah, it kind of has been a weird situation here last week. Yeah, I think anytime you trade up and to the third pick in the draft and it doesn't work out, that's a weird situation. But that is a situation. So that's what happened. I don't think it's that weird. It's unusual that it doesn't work out. But I wouldn't think that's weird. I think it's unusual. Hmm. What do you think? It's not unusual. You know, all, all the things that happened with him physically – comes back he's you know on, on the side field and ends up re-signing and starting and it just seems like i mean it's been a unique and do you remember you know, why that happened i remember why everything happened but i'm All just right. saying it's been a unique situation i agree it's been unique <laughs> on exchange there um clearly to kyle shanahan he thinks there was really good reasons for everything that's happened 
uh, in his quarterback room over the last few years. There's tons to take away from it. Uh, I want to start with the part that he thought was unusual was that uh, trading up for a quarterback at number three as if it works out all the time, right? That That's probably the first part where it's like, no, that's not unusual. That that happens all the time, which is why I was like, what are you doing going up to number three? You're never guaranteed to get a good quarterback there. In fact, he did it already in Washington with RG3. They traded up to number two, and that did not work out great. And so moved on from the quarterback in the same kind of time frame as well. Right. And so really it's funny how how that is repeating itself. The RG3 Cousins thing is, is repeating itself with the Trey Lance and Brock Purdy thing now in San Francisco. And, you know, that was a, that was a Shanahan maneuver with, with both of those quarterbacks way back a decade ago in Washington. So I don't know. Um, he, he did acknowledge that it was weird, uh, but clearly he doesn't think that it, it was, it was circumstances that were put on him. Not that the circumstances that were orchestrated by him was the weird part. And so uh, that's, that's kind of the part where I think that's a little strange and it's, and it doesn't come off well because of the heat that Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is under right now. And I think he might be feeling it a little bit because whether it's national media, local media, fans, they're coming at him a little bit because of the epic disaster that was that move to go get Trey Lance. It sounded like Mayoko wanted him to just acknowledge that, hey, you kind of constructed this scenario that is odd. And for him, it's like, nope, there's a reason for every step of the way. Not out at all. Just unusual that miss on the number three overall pick, which, again, like you said, you are more likely to miss. It would be more unusual to trade up to number three overall, draft a quarterback, and hit. like And hit big. That would be un- more unusual than what actually happened. More times than not, it's just with quarterbacks, it, it, it doesn't work out. So, and then you kind of have to start. Also, to like, I, I do want to point prospect. out how unique that trade up for Trey Lance was not because of Trey Lance, the prospect, but even in all the other trade ups that have ever happened in NFL history, none of those were that much given up to get the third quarterback. Right. Well, and, and not just one, that. People go up to number two. Nobody's ever given up that much to go up to get the third quarterback in a draft. There's been trades to go up to get the third quarterback, but usually it's like pick eight, 10, 12, you know, later, something like that. And it's not, Two first round picks extra that you give up. It's one extra first round pick that you give up. Right. We, we saw uh, the Kansas City Chiefs move up a ton of spots to get yep. Mahomes, didn't have to give up as much. Same draft, we saw the uh, Houston Texans move up, was it, I mean, 15, 17 spots to get uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. right? And, and again, I don't even think that's the oddest part of the situation. We're talking about odd. The 49ers did not know who they were drafting when they moved up. I just mentioned two guys, Mahomes and Watson. When those teams traded up, they knew exactly who they were getting. San Francisco 49ers traded up just to give them the the ability to kind of decipher between the quarterbacks that they want, which makes it even odder when you do that and then you kind of get stuck. I just saw someone tweet that out where they were like, that is an odd way to go about it because typically if you move up, and it might have been Tim Kawakami, if you move up, to draft a quarterback, but you don't know which one. What about, you know, what if after you do all your due diligence, you know what, we don't really like these guys enough to use what we, uh, you know, did to come up and get the guys, but we're stuck here. And that's essentially what Kyle Cummings said, and that's essentially maybe what happened. And you have to assume that was the case because Kyle Shanahan called about Aaron Rodgers the night before the draft. 
Like, if you're all in and you're sold on a guy, you're not calling about and asking about anyone else the night before you're supposed to make the really the biggest pick when, when all things considered in the history of the San Francisco 49ers. And you know what else is crazy? What if the, the Packers would have been like, yeah, you know what? We're willing to listen on Aaron Rodgers right now. The Packers would have much rather – they already drafted um, – they had already drafted Jordan Love the draft before. They would have much rather had the 49ers original 12 and two first-round picks than just number three by itself because they probably didn't want to go get that quarterback right there. So the it would have been a, it, w- it would have been easier for the Miami Dolphins at that point. Or at Miami Dolphins had already traded again with the, the Eagles. So maybe the Eagles to go get Aaron Rodgers because they had the multiple picks to give up to get Aaron Rodgers, which is what the Packers would have been asking for if they were willing to trade Rodgers. But clearly they weren't willing to trade Rodgers. But just the whole process was like – you know, you, you mentioned the other day, there's, you know, was that plan D with, with Trey Lance? Because was it Mac Jones at one point? Was it Aaron Rodgers at one point? Was it Deshaun Watson at one point? Was it Matthew Stafford at one point? What was really ever the plan? And is the tail wagging the dog as far as the 49ers uh, quarterback position goes? And even Kyle Shanahan um, not willing to admit, even if there was a good reason for everything he's done so far at quarterback, is he letting the circumstances play him rather than him controlling what's going on in his own quarterback room. I think that's clear that he's kind of letting the circumstances play him and he's kind of just going with the flow as they come, as opposed to being someone, anyone, anyone out there that's listening right now who has had to build a business, you know, there's going to be kind of detours along the way, things that kind of throw you off. But even within that, it's like, okay, this is our plan. You know, this was part of our, uh, you know, our business plan that we constructed. Hey, we've had this business plan in place for multiple years. So we're going to stick to that. And once we stick to this, like we're going to come out on top in the end, Kyle had no real business plan. It was just, Hey, whatever happens, happens. Even though he spent, let's say, you know, $50 million essentially just in the thoughts of, you know, whatever three first round picks is worth. I think if somebody said like 90 million, whatever it is, but he's throwing the ultimate resources at something that he really doesn't intend on potentially waiting to see through what the return on his investment is. And I think that's the part when he talks about odd or whatever the word that he used this is all structured around you. And when there's people that are saying, hey, you know, not saying he's on the hot seat, but you've been hearing a lot of that, right? Where is he on the hot seat or his job should be in jeopardy? That's because nobody has ever seen anyone do what you just did. So everybody's looking at it like, this is crazy. But then it's hard to kind of really get on him because, well, it, within that time, they went to two back-to-back NFC championship games. And, and so, it might work out okay, as weird as it's all been. And it might work out because you found, you know, Brock Purdy and, and, and you drafted him and he's done very well. But uh, typically for the move that they did and the in the investment, you usually have to answer for it. Generally, and you he's know. like above that. Like it's almost like I'm above having to answer for this because yeah. hey, I already fixed the problem. But people are like, I mean, yeah, you, you did. But this yeah. is wild what you did. This is the first time ever that that ha- type of thing has gone down. And the head coach and GM still have their job. He, he's got to understand that. He's got to he's got to realize that. And um, there's one more thing he said, and it's something that nobody really talks about. And it started well before the Trey Lance stuff with how unorthodox and how weird and maybe some not great decisions on how to build a quarterback room started with the San Francisco 49ers early on in 2017. And it might not be what you think. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel and America's number one sportsbook 
$200 in bonus bets. That's right. Right now, new customers can bet $5. Just bet $5 for new customers and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy, uh, it's super easy to use. It is safe. Everything from spreads to player props and more. Build your own parlays. I love how easy it is to navigate the site and the app and build your own bets and have the specials that pop up all the time to bet on at FanDuel. No matter the sport, of course, NFL football, there's already tons of things to bet on and uh, lines every week of the season to bet on and a ton more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Okay, the weirdness started in 2017, Croc, right? Like the original plan, and this is what I'm talking about. So they had a plan. If the plan was we're not going to draft the quarterback this year until round three, uh, for some reason they love C.J. Beathard. Okay, whatever, long-term backup even. That'd be fine. Um, still too high, but whatever. And Kirk Cousins was the plan, right? And they called everybody. They called the Patriots. They asked about Jimmy. They said no on Jimmy. They said, hey, what about Tom Brady even? And and Bill's like, no, and hung up, right? Um, but they made some conversations that might have led to Jimmy Garoppolo there in the spring or the, you know, the, the winter into the spring of 2017. Then they decided not to really go in on the quarterbacks in that draft, whether it be Trubisky, Watson, or Mahomes, right? Which clearly was, was a mistake that they didn't look harder at Patrick Mahomes. Likely would have been Trubisky too. When you just kind of hear how he talks about the quarterbacks in that class. They didn't trade that like, one spot. I wonder if it still would have been Trubisky there. It's yeah. possible. It, it sounded possible. like that's the guy. Like, like that that mm-hmm. would have been because he touched on and said nobody was talking about Patrick Mahomes as a top 10 quarterback. Right. So they didn't even they because nobody talked about him like that, mm-hmm. he didn't view him like that in the process and didn't even think about him potentially being uh, there, uh, an option for the 49ers. That's how it came off to me. Yeah, and um, the the 49ers started off this whole. And by the way, that's still not the thing I wanted to I want to bring up about the, the maybe the, the the thing that started all the weirdness for the 49ers. Um, but that was that was that was part of it. Um, and like right now, Kyle Shanahan's feeling the heat from everywhere, and and I think that's why he's a little testy, and he's a little testy with Mayoko. And he probably doesn't love some of the things that are going on with, you know, um, how people are talking about him. Uh, Jeff Darlington on on ESPN said that the that the league thinks that uh, they look or thinks that they look like idiots with the move that they made, right? With that with the whole Trey Lance thing, and uh, and Darlington's thing was, man, I don't know if I trust Trey Lance even being worth a fourth rounder for the Dallas Cowboys because for you to go look like idiots like you did to move on from him so fast, you must really not think there's something there worth developing. Right. And that's kind of what Jeff Darlington's take was on it. And that, that was, you know, where the idiots com- comment comes from. And they do look like idiots with the Trey Lance thing. And I think Trey, and I think Kyle Shanahan's feeling that. And that's what his peers think about what they did. That's what the national media thinks. And I think that's what local media thinks. And I think it's what a lot of fans think as good as he's done. You got to split those things up. That stuff has been weird at the very, very least, and been just god-awful, terrible process, you know, more likely. So, But but not just that. It, I think, again, in like kind of like what Jimmy Garoppolo said, it's all of it. It's it's They're doing a lot of weird things. And he said, to say the least. It's all you know, together, yes. Bring, 
you do all that, but then you bring Jimmy Garoppolo back. You have him throwing on the side of a field. Like, Mayoko's like, that is odd. Like, you have him throwing on the side of the field with no intention on bringing him back. And then you bring him back, a guy who, again, had led you to – or took – you know, you, he was the quarterback of multiple teams that went to conference championship games in the Super Bowl. And then it's like, well, you're just going to be a backup. But I have no legit reason as to why he's now the backup. Think about the Kansas City Chiefs. And what they did. Or we can even go 49ers, right? It was like 49ers, uh, Colin Kaepernick, Alex Smith. Once Cap took over, it's like, all right, Alex, you have to back him up for this time. But as soon as the season's over, you're out of here. They traded him. And then Alex Smith goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes there. Like, imagine if out of with all that Alex Smith did for the Chiefs, and, you know, they were going to the playoffs every year and all of that. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, we really like Mahomes. All right, Alex, just back up Mahomes now. Like that would be that would be like very strange, and it's like no, he's gonna go and start somewhere else. Well, they kept Jimmy G around, and I and I understand because of the injury. But again, to Mayoko's point, and what Kyle does not want to acknowledge, it's weird. Everything that y'all did, everything along the way, is weird, and you should have to answer about it to someone or just acknowledge it. And he hasn't, but I know we're kind of cutting off your your point. So go ahead. No, that's and that's okay because it's all it all it it's all together. It's all it's all the same idea and the same process that's been so strange. And um and again the the tail wagging the dog a little bit. And so here's where it, it really went haywire for the 49ers. So look, okay, they had a plan, right? We talked about it. You have a plan. You get to control your destiny. You are controlling what's happening with your football team, right? The plan was not going to do the quarterback thing high in the 2017 draft. We're going to try to get it build on the line, do all that. Okay, fine. Um, but come midseason, the 49ers are 0-9. This was an 0-9 football team that traded for a quarterback who was an impending free agent. And so you start to think of that angle of it. Jimmy Garoppolo had played. He was a second-round pick three years before that. He had played a game and a half. Right. He had two starts, didn't finish the second one because he got hurt with the Patriots. And that player, you gave up a second round pick when well, you hadn't won a football game yet that season. That could very well be the very first pick of the second round. That could be pick 33 in the draft that you're trading for a player that's played one and a half games and who was a second round pick. This wasn't the guy that was drafted in the first round, drafted super high. He was the last pick, I think, in the second round. Jimmy Garoppolo was in 2014. He's played a game and a half. You traded a second round pick for uh for a, a quarterback that was an impending free agent he was going to be an uh an unrestricted free agent in a few months and you traded a second round pick for him when you were 0 and 9 that's not enough time for you to make an evaluation on who that quarterback is going to be before he becomes a free agent so i think that was the and at the time he went so crazy that everyone's like, Oh my god, that was a genius move. They got this guy Jimmy Garoppolo, and he just talked about it. Remember, he said, We waited 10 months or we waited 10 weeks or whatever. We traded for a quarterback, we gave him the most money of any quarterback ever. That was kind of the beginning of all the weirdness because they had only they hadn't seen enough Jimmy Garoppolo to give him the most money any quarterback has ever made because they traded for him midway through a season when they were 0 and 9. That trade by itself, the second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo, nobody talks about how weird and how bad of a deal that really was because it didn't give the 49ers an opportunity to properly evaluate Jimmy Garoppolo. And by him playing great, they had to pay him too much money because he played so great. And if he played poorly, now you're out a second round pick, maybe the first pick in the second round. And at least you're on. And then that messes up your, your plan to build around Kirk cousins, who was your original plan. 
right? So in a way, they didn't decide what their plan and what their quarterback was going to be. They let Bill Belichick call them and decide who their quarterback was going to be because they had a plan and they were impatient and they were, I think, really a naive front office and they were a green front office. Kyle had never been a head coach. John Lynch had never been a GM. And as good as some of the things they've done and end up building a roster, there's been some real rookie mistakes that the 49ers have made. And a lot of those are around the quarterback position, not evaluating, um, not evaluating a Watson and Patrick Mahomes enough in the 2017 draft, their first draft trading for Garoppolo mid season. When you're Owen nine, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And then, um, then you have to pay him the most money ever because he played so good. And now he's a free agent because of those five, six games that he played. And, um, and now the Trey Lance thing, those are all rookie mistakes. And the, the whole point with, with Kyle that from my angle, and I'm listening to Kyle speak, if I'm the owner, if I'm Jed York, I need to know that the guys that are in charge of my franchise aren't going to keep doing weird stuff and keep making rookie mistakes and don't just think that whatever they do is amazing and don't have this ultimate hubris to light draft picks on fire and make me look foolish and make my organization look foolish in some cases and maybe hurt the, you know, they built this roster that's Super Bowl ready, but are they doing some other sabotaging moves that, that would have allowed them to actually go over the top and win the Super Bowl if they didn't give up all those picks, if they weren't doing all these weird things, if they could figure out the quarterback situation? And are they learning from their mistakes? Or is Kyle Shanahan saying, you guys don't know anything? I'm, I'm, I'm infallible, right? And so is Kyle Shanahan learning from it? And is the, is the shot caller in the 49ers organization, is that process the right process? That would be the question I have if I'm Jed York. And that's where, I'm a, that's where I think Kyle Shanahan falls short in a lot of this. The more you explain it and kind of let it out there, and I and as you're speaking, I'm kind of wrapping my mind and my brain around exactly what the situation is. He is a terrific coach, and that has really kind of made it to where it softens the blow to where he has had these weird decisions. But it kind of leads me to really not trust him when it comes to the quarterback position. I, I trust him with just building a good roster and being able to win games. I do trust him with that. When it comes to the most important position on the field, which is really going to continue to get this team over the top, which is really going to, for the long haul, make it to where you're not only a contender to go to the divisional round playoffs or the conference championship game, which we've seen them in several times over the last few years, but actually, you know, be the favorites to win it. Like, why aren't they the favorites to win it right now? Why, why are not, I'll, I'll, I'm going to ask you, why are the 49, not, 49ers not the favorites to win the Super Bowl? Quarterback. It's because of quarterback. And we really don't trust him. And when you started talking about the way they got uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, it all started to make sense. They just don't have a plan at all. I think and they have never stuck to their plan. Whatever plan they originally have, they never stick with it. They, they are so quick to move off of it. And I feel like in any scenario, it's just hard. Now, again, they're winning. So it's like, well, how can you argue with them? Or, you know, I hear a lot, I see a lot on social media. Well, what other coach would you rather have? You know, do you want to go back to the Tom Sula days? And it's like, well, this team is built up very well. And that's what he's, that's kind of the saving grace for Kyle right now. But in their sense of, and maybe, maybe John Lynch needs to have a little bit more of a backbone in these situations. Like, John, why are you allowing this to happen? 
I get it. The guy hired you. He brought you on. Maybe you feel like you owe it to him or you don't want to overstep his boundary or it's like, hey, this is a good roster. He coaches them well. So I'm just going to let him uh, do his thing. But they don't stick to any plan. Their plan originally was Kirk Cousins. You did not stick to your guns with that plan. So you got Jimmy G. Then you made him the highest paid. Like when you say it out loud, it sounds wild. And I remember in the moment, in the moment, it was wild. But it was like, well, who cares? Like he won a lot of games. And everybody else was saying, why aren't you just franchise tagging them? Every, every, everywhere, if you, if you guys kind of rewind back to 2000, like going into 2018, you will hear a lot more of, why aren't they, why aren't they franchise tagging them? Like, why are they paying him, making him the highest paid quarterback in the league after five games with your team? And a lot of people outside of 49ers thought that was wild. 49er fans, we just, hey, this is the next best thing. He's coming from the Patriots. This is baby uh, Tom Brady. We're just tired of losing. We just got through with Chip Kelly and Tom Sula, and you start off 0-9, and all of a sudden we see the light at the end of the tunnel. So pay him whatever. But really, his process with that stunk. (laughs) His process with drafting and developing another quarterback stunk, and he continues to get lucky, and hopefully he doesn't ruin Brock Purdy. It seems like they're on the same page. He's young, but if you ask him right now, does he have a legit plan for Brock Purdy? Does he have a plan for Brock Purdy if things don't go as well to start the season and maybe it's not as, you know, clicking? Or is it like, you know what? I have a plan, but guess what? We're going to abandon that and we're going to go with Sam Darnold because I'm just going to go with however I feel at the moment. So here's what's crazy. If the 49ers don't do the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, they don't win as many games. They're drafting top three probably, right? They're probably going to get Josh Allen. Then it's not Kirk Cousins still, because then it ends up being maybe Sam Darnold from the start. Maybe the 49ers would have just drafted Sam Darnold if that didn't happen. And Jimmy Garoppolo would have got a two-year, $10 million contract somewhere to be maybe a, you know, a, a let's see what this guy is quarterback, because he wouldn't have had any more than those one and a half NFL games to go by. Kyle really likes Josh Allen. And he talked about if Josh Allen was available. And, and that's the weird part, right? You say, it, gosh, the, when I start saying these things out loud, it's really wild. <laughs> you said that you want Kirk Cousins. That was your guy. You lost sleep over the 49ers trading for Jimmy Garoppolo because you wanted Kirk, right? But also, we have heard him say out of his mouth, if Josh Allen was in the 2017 draft, if he would have came out that year, he was going to take Josh Allen. So what is your plan? And do you ever okay. stick to it, when it as it pertains to the quarterback position? It's yeah, it's it's Kyle has to take ownership of how weird it's been. And even if he says, man, we screwed a lot up, but thank God we got Brock Purdy now. We love Brock Purdy. He's our guy. We did a lot of weird stuff and just admit that. Then I think, you know, learn from it is the big thing. And then if you're Jed York again, I go to that. It's like, okay, well, who needs to be in charge? Do you have to strip Kyle of his uh, final say of the roster? It's like, okay, look, the scouting department's going to do their thing. They're going to give you a roster you coach them up, right? Like those are the decisions that come next if this season turns out to be, and it's starting off with some odd vibes right now. Uh, we'll get to Bosa in a second. If this is not a good season, if this if this season goes south on the 49ers for whatever reason, maybe Brock Purdy's not good. Uh, if there's, you know, a bunch of injuries, whatever it is, if the 49ers disappoint this year, you have to decide, okay, how do we go forward with this team? Is it the right track? Everything's the same. Do you strip somebody's title of this? Do you put 
Does does John Lynch leave and then Adam Peters is now the GM and he's the final say on draft day? Because it's not just quarterbacks for Kyle Shanahan. Think of all the picks the 49ers have spent on Kyle's guys. The ones that we know are like, this was Kyle's guy, right? Like the Dante Pettis and the Joe Williams and the CJ Beathard. Yeah, it's not good. In fact, I had a tweet that said, Kyle's a terrible. Here, hold on. I'm going to read you this tweet from, this is before... The Trey Lance thing. This this is what I tweeted. It was a hot take tweet. I was responding to uh, KP from Niners Nation. And he said, uh, let's argue about something. What's your hot 49ers take? And I said, Kyle Shanahan, this is October of 2020. I said, Kyle Shanahan is a terrible scout and shouldn't be in charge of personnel decisions. I also think it would help Shanahan to have less on his plate. He's essentially head coach, offense coordinator, and quasi-GM. That was in 2020, before any of the Trey Lance stuff happened. And to be honest with you, I don't think I was that wrong. I, I was a little hot there. That was like, you know, um, a, a head coach should have say in his roster somewhat. But I, I do, he does weird stuff. Um, I don't think he has a lot of patience. When you hear Joe Banner that was talking about how he's short-sighted in some of these ways, and I think we've seen that. They don't have a lot of patience, but some of the moves they've done have been great because of that, because Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch together are really competitive guys. But some of it's short-sighted and some of it's like, and it's not necessarily like they went and got Christian McCaffrey. That worked out. But that was like, okay, it's not savvy to just outbid everybody. It worked out that time. But it wasn't savvy when you outbid everybody and went up to number three and got Trey Lance, right? Those aren't savvy moves if you're just willing to outbid everybody. I've talked about that before. Um, that's that's a little, there's a lot of hubris there. And uh, there's definitely some, some short-sightedness, even though you think it's a long-term move. You got to take a breath. And part of it's on Jed York. Jed York signed off on the whole Trey Lance thing. They they couldn't have done that without him. And if they did, then there might there might be some consequences. Then I think that's why there's not any consequences right now. Plus, they still have a pretty good roster. Jed York trusts Kyle, I think, a lot more than us. And at the end of the day, for Jed York, obviously, you know, Fortnite's want to win, et cetera. But for him, the bottom line is the money. And so hey, you know they're what? winning games. They they got Beyonce right now getting ready to perform yeah. in the stadium. <laughs> We got the money coming in. So, hey, whatever. You guys, you're still winning games. Brock Purdy looks great. He looks amazing. And if you pivot from Brock Purdy and go to Sam Darnold, as long as they continue winning, Jet York is probably like, I don't care. You know, yep. I win at all because my bank account looks really good. And Croc, not only, not only are they winning, what are they winning with? Offense, defense? They're winning with class. <laughs> are they? Uh, classier than I think he thought the uh, Harbaugh era was winning. Right, they're, they're uh, yeah, that was the left and right, and um, he's not being disrespected in his own building. So uh, I think that's why, yeah, there's a there's a wide berth for Kyle and John. And, and right now, the results haven't hurt the 49ers' bottom line and, and their win totals. But if it starts to, because you usually see, you know, the loss of picks, you see that not necessarily right away. You see it in the next couple of years, and you know, it does we're kind of starting to see it a little bit with depth. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how the season goes, but. Um, I do think it would be it, it would behoove Kyle to admit some of his mistakes and his fingerprints and his whole weird quarterback thing, and it has been weird as hell. This oh, this episode is probably a little weird because we were supposed to talk about all kinds of other stuff. And well, we can talk about Kyle. There's not really much to add with a lot of these things, uh, according to Jason Dumas of Cron uh, here locally in the Bay Area. Uh, his source tells him that Nick Bosa will be with the team and available to play week one in Pittsburgh. The two sides plan to get a deal done, quote, within the next few days. So there we go. We, we hope that is the case. 
there is some talks there's some talk about uh that 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 bosa is like hanging out in florida and he needs to be in florida and live there for six months or over like a certain amount of time so that way the taxes change so he's not getting taxed California taxes, again, tax Florida taxes. So I guess that would that would be more about just his signing bonus because you get your game checks taxed for, based on what state you play your games in. So that right. doesn't matter so much. But the signing bonus, which is going to be sizable for for Bosa, if that part is only taxed where your where your home is, then yeah, it's worth waiting an extra month and hanging out in Florida for a while for Nick Bosa. So maybe that's what this is all about. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's why Kyle was like, "Hey, we knew it was going to take a little bit longer." But maybe Kyle thought it was going to be a, a week less or something. Who knows? Yeah, I can see that though. California taxes is crazy. Florida, you get a nice little tax break. I, I mean, if you if you are Nick Bosa and you're able to, uh, you know, do things how you want to do it, which clearly he does. He doesn't have to show up to anything. It's like, nah, man, I'm gonna be ready. I'm ready to go, and I'm gonna be the best player on, on defense in the NFL. Uh, have at it. Have at it. Croc, remember yesterday we were talking about the 49ers cuts and I named four players that I thought could be in danger of potentially getting uh, claimed that the ones that I thought would be the highest priority for the 49ers to get back. Uh, according to Matt Barrows, Quantrez Knight was one of those. Uh, got a lot of attention today, including from two teams in the division. In the end, however, he's heading back to San Francisco's practice squad. So Quantrez Knight is back with the San Francisco 49ers, but Croc, of those four, the Niners did lose the other three. And I thought the Niners might lose one, but losing three is a lot. And the Arizona Cardinals have the type of roster that allowed them to claim six players, the most in the league, on waivers. Uh, two of those, offensive lineman Elm Manning and uh, and Ishmael, which were two of the guys that I thought should have made the roster over Nick Sakel. So th those are really tough losses for the 49ers, and I do think they screwed those up. Now they're depth pieces. We'll see what happens with Manning and see what those those guys end up uh, doing for Arizona. Both the Cardinals got both those guys, both offensive linemen, L. Manning and Keith Ishmael. And then the Carolina Panthers claimed Deshaun Jameson. Yeah. And you brought up Deshaun Jameson. I, I do kind of want to give a shout-out to a guy, not a San Francisco 49er, but my guy, Lewis Sin. And this right here, what I'm about to say, is for the people that say that these coaches or everybody else, because they do this job as a profession, just know more than everybody else, right? Everybody's situations are different. But a shout-out to my guy, Jeremy Lewis He was a cornerback at University of Kentucky, UConn. Not a good football program. Well, halfway through his junior year, they were basically on the fire of their head coach. So they brought in a guy that you know this name, Jim Moore Jr., right? So Jim Moore Jr. joins the staff, and he's potentially the head coach in waiting. Uh, but he's around. He's kind of viewing everything. And at the end of the year, he calls my guy Jeremy in. And Jeremy, I have been coaching him, uh, training him for a few years. Uh, he's actually from the East Coast, but he would actually fly to Arkansas to train with me um, several times a year. And uh, he tells Jeremy, Hey, man, how much time do you have left? He's like, oh, I got one more year left. He's like, all right, well, take that year and hit the portal because, you know, you just can't play for me. Like, you're not good enough to play for me. Wow. So Jeremy heads and hits the portal, and he ends up going to Vanderbilt. So you go from playing for UConn, you're a starter, you're a leader, you're everything. This guy coming in says, you're not good enough. Jim Moore Jr., everybody knows who that is. He goes to Vanderbilt, starts at Vanderbilt in the SEC, plays some big-time competition, does go undrafted, but ends up getting picked up by the Baltimore Ravens. They said, you know what? We like you at corner, but you got some versatility. You can play safety as well. We got him ready. He worked out with me, uh, you know, heading into camp and everything like that. He played safety, and he did not make the initial 53, but he did make the practice squad, and they have plans on bringing him up. But I just want to shout out Jeremy. And, 
that's a great example of not letting someone tell you what you are and really kind of fighting through that. Great kid, smart kid, graduated, like aerodynamic science or whatever it is. Um, amazing guy, hard worker, but it's been really cool to see him, you know, me get to watch him on TV and know what he went through. And then really kind of a big middle finger to Jim Moore Jr. Who said this guy can't even play at UConn. So uh, <laughs> shout out to, you know, uh, my guy, Jeremy, man, and, and yeah. it's exciting. And this is the first step for him having a, a long, illustrious NFL career, hopefully. Jeremy Lucin, Baltimore Ravens, you said, right? Yes, sir. All right, Jeremy Lucin. You can be like Jeremy Lucin. Just go hit up Croc. He's in, uh, get that Croc Time U education as well. He's in uh, back in Stockton now. And there'll uh, be a lot of them out here. There'll be between him and a few other guys, got some uh, cowboy guys that'll be training with me in the offseason. So that'll be cool. Hopefully I, I might be able to steal some of those 49er guys. Like, hey, man, come on down. I, I got you yeah. over here in Stockton. I like it, I like it man. Uh, so here's the, here's the practice squad. Not much really to say more about it. Quantrez Knight, as I mentioned, is on the 49ers practice squad. I think he's going to take a lot of nickel reps now and maybe um, could be someone that gets called up with his versatility inside either at nickel or safety. Fullback Jack Coletto, wide receiver Chris Conley. Uh, defensive lineman Marlon Davidson, tight end Troy Fumagalli, uh, Alfred Gutierrez, the uh, International Pathways program, doesn't count against the 16 practice squad members, is back with the team and practicing. Uh, running back Brian Hill made it back. Um, Corey Luciano, wide receiver Tay Martin, wide receiver Isaiah Winstead, offensive lineman Leroy Watson, cornerback Trey Swilling, linebacker Curtis Robinson, defensive tackle T.Y. McGill, and wide receiver Willie Sneed. So both the vets, Sneed and Conley, not making back to 53 yet. I'm sure there will be call-ups there, but uh, both of them signed back to the 49ers practice squad. So they lost three guys, everyone else on the way back. The one notable omission, Croc, so far is Marcelino McCrary Ball. Not even back on the practice squad right now. I wonder yeah, if you wow. said, you know what? You went and drafted two guys over the top of me. I'm going to go try my hand somewhere else. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I thought he'd at least be on practice squad, at the very least. Yep, uh, I did too. I think he's going to get a shot somewhere, and I would not be shocked if it's somewhere like uh, Tennessee or Houston, where they knew him well from uh, from last year, because I thought uh, I thought he was a player. So, uh, and, and who knows? Maybe he still will be back with the 49ers. They have one more open spot on the practice squad. All right, thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.